Okay, welcome to the Intimacy Project. I'm your host, Buddy, and I'm sitting here with one of my really good friends, Jesse May. We met about two years ago when uh, I was in the desert of Australia, and now uh, we are both in the far north Queensland area in the rainforest. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been an incredible friendship, and she's just a, such a really interesting, amazing, beautiful person. And yeah, she is going to talk today about... Um, intimacy with oneself. I think that's really important for relationships. And uh, I like to just wing it, especially with Jesse May, because we just kind of like ramble, we keep going for forever. Um, but this time she has brought a full notebook of notes, it seems like. <laughs> so I'm uh, trying to keep myself on topic because like one thing always- I know, I know, another. we always get like this <laughs> crazy- And then this happens. Expansive conversation. And the goat, and like, it's just, what? <laughs> Yeah, so I guess we can get started because I didn't, I didn't write any notes because I was just thinking this was going to flow like yeah, it usually does, but sure. you're so much more prepared. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, here we go. This will all make complete sense because it's actually the way that I interact with everything in life, I've realized. And that's kind of like the starting point. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to say thank you so much for like opening this up and giving me some space to like get my brain out and say what's on my mind and in my heart and yeah, just like express myself because it's such a, such a joy to be able to do that and feel accepted and comfortable. Um, you know, there's a lot of mental illness in the world and you know, I've had my own struggles over the years. So this is just a real joy, thank yeah. you. And I hope that anybody who decides to listen to this is able to um, hear something in it that might help them at some point or is just listening for curiosity or whatever the reason is why why do you click on something like this yeah and this you is know, I like that if we can do, like hit it a little later in the podcast but I like how you made that connection because obviously like this is going to be in the context of intimacy with oneself but then you like said like there's so much mental illness in the world and I think a lot of that can stem from just a, a lack of identity and a lack of intimacy with oneself, like a lack of discovery inward, you know? But we can talk about that. I just, I don't know, I connected those in my mind when you said that, so I'm like, yeah, we can talk about that, cool. Yeah, no doubt there's a connection between like really knowing yourself and becoming intimately aware of who you are, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I think just on that point, sometimes the labels that, have been made or imposed upon us or the labels that we give ourselves are sometimes like a, a, a damning thing to do because it kind of puts you in a box and doesn't allow you to be anything else and it can be this real temptation to see yourself as just that thing and make it the excuse for why everything else is the way it is in your life. But if you can acknowledge that, yeah, okay, these certain things that other people see in me or that I see in myself do line up with what researchers say or what you know has been proven to be in line with this certain type of disease or illness or uh, whatever the label is, you know, it doesn't necessarily make you incapable of participating in society but I think if you 
if you focus too much on the label that's given to you, then you, you're sort of restricting yourself um, for being anything other than that. And this is, this is what's so important to me, I think, is going beyond labels, going beyond what is sort of known or is so simply the first point of reference. And so I think introspection is, is such an important part of like self-mastery and also <clears throat> understanding the entire everything that is. Yeah, I think introspection can be like a two-headed beast in a way that like one is really healthy, right? Like meditation and just kind of like letting all those thoughts come but not realizing necessarily that you have to own all of those, right? And that creates that disconnect where you can kind of self-evaluate and improve in meditation. And then there's that like self-evaluation that's up, kind of just feeding the monster of like mental illness, whether it be like depression or anything else, you know? Probably mostly depression because that's kind of the, I think that's like the number one thing that's plaguing human beings right now. But, um, but yeah, like the, the, the flip side of that is that like sometimes all you are is like stuck in your own head and you can only see your failures in like the, the bad, you know? Mm. Yeah, so it's got to be like, like healthy introspection. Otherwise, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. What I really love about what you said is the good and the bad. And something I've realized that I've done a lot in my life is, again, label things as good or bad superior or inferior and I would tend to put myself in there somehow you know categorizing my personality my sense of style my talent my intelligence and it, to a large degree I don't consider this to be entirely my fault I think society um, definitely uh, pushes me to think certain things and it should definitely but what I've learned to do is critically look at all of those things mm. and assess for myself, is this really true? Why do we say this? Why do we think this? Why do I think this? Or why do I react in that way? Or why are other people reacting to me in that way? Mm. And through becoming super highly analytical and critical of myself, I think I'm slowly starting to really unravel a lot of the things in my life that have been causing me a lot of trouble, mm. you know? And this has happened from the very beginning. Like as a child, I was always quite shy and reserved and I never really, you know, my mum just described me as this little wallflower and I'd never come out and you know, sort of hiding behind her all the time. Mm. And it wasn't until I became involved in theater and singing um, and expressing myself through, through, you know, creative arts in that way, that I really started to, to express and involve myself with other people and get a bit more confidence in, in just being who I was. Right. And so I think, what happened through that experience is I became involved in acting as well. And then getting to know a character is like getting to know yourself in a way. 
Because mm. for me, it was like seeing the character and understanding their motivations and trying to work out what influenced the way they thought and why they said that line that way. And it's like an endless cavern of discovering a character. And this way of thinking can be brought into the real world for oneself, I think. Mm -hmm. I, had a, I went off and studied a, a Bachelor of Arts music theatre. And my lecturer said to me, he's my acting lecturer, he said, he stood up and I was quite embarrassed actually, he said, he pointed at me in the middle, and it sort of came out of nowhere, so random that he would stand up and like single me out. And he's like, you don't contribute. You don't contribute to class discussions. And it's really annoying. He said, I shouldn't have to stand here and, and wonder what you're thinking. He said, I know you've got good things to say. And I know that everyone else can learn from this, but you're not talking. You're not saying anything. And I just want to get inside your brain and hear your thoughts. I want to know what's going on in there. Do not be a passive student in this class. We need you to be here. We need you to contribute because I know that you think about things in a different way and you can really bring something to this class. And I was like, Hello. whoa! Yeah, right? <laughs> whoa, this is like... And so that was a, a moment for me because mm -hmm. I really respected this teacher and I realized that my whole life I do do that. Mm -hmm. I have done that. I sit and I observe and I analyze and I put this thing and that thing together and I research it, you know, mm. like people's body language and the way they speak, the choice of words they use, the way they use the word. And it doesn't seem like an awful lot of effort is put into it. It's just something I'm tuned into. Mm. But it says so much about the other person and myself. I don't, so, do you do that? Do you like yeah, analyze people's like tone? I mean, we, we have to do that yeah, in I order kinda, to survive in a way. Yeah. It's like I a think, call and response. Right. It's like the kind of like the natural flow of interaction with people, right? It's like you listen to their tone of voice because communication is like mostly, or well, I would say a, a smaller part of the communication is verbal. I can't remember. I think it's like 80-20, right? Like 20% is verbal, 80% is nonverbal. So you kind of have to listen for the cues in the voice anyway, but then the rest of that interaction is like kind of analyzing how they're positioned and where their eyes are and if they're making eye contact and how their head is held and what is their posture like, you know? So I think to an extent, everybody kind of does that anyway, but when you like take it on the level that you've taken it, you kind of pick up a lot more. And I think everybody that has interacted with you can say that as well as like you're very like observant and because of that, you can kind of read into situations then you have a natural intuition as well and uh yeah you're just able to kind of like i don't know talk to people and bring out a certain aspect in them that they would otherwise keep hidden at work or elsewhere yeah so i think that's i think that's really interesting because the way you've kind of gone about this self introspection which has then opened up how society interacts and what you should look for or shouldn't look for or what you see that you wouldn't have seen before um yeah, just really speaks to how this has affected your relationships, you know, and really like how you interact with people is how you interact with yourself. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, because mm. you were, yeah, because you were telling me like, 
I mean, you do like you do this meditation, and you're just like learning so much about yourself. And because you're so open to things changing and things becoming better, and and trying to fix the things that you want to work on, it's put you in a position to see other people in that light as well, and to ask those same questions about them, like why do they do what they do, and why are they why are they talking to me like this, or why are they acting like that today, or what's going on with them, right? Why do they sound like this when they talk? You know. Because you, cause, yeah, because usually, like, I mean, you and I both, when we're at work and we see something, we kind of just like, we'll like look at each other and be like, oh shoot. But most of the time, you pick it up before I do, and it's like, um, yeah, usually, like within a couple seconds of interaction, you can tell if something's off about a person, <laughs> right? Like even more so with people that you interact with on a daily basis. But even with uh, even with strangers, you can be like, oh, that dude's that dude's a little weird. Oh, he's he's gonna be. <laughs> He's going to be a rude guest or whatever, you know? Yeah. But that's the point, isn't it? It's like going past the face value where there's a certain curiosity to know why somebody is the way that they are or where their buttons were made. Um, my sister and I always talk about our buttons and when people press them. I like that. <laughs> you know? I like that a lot. Where were their buttons made? Yeah, like where did they where did that button come from and how do I keep pressing it and like annoying this person? My mum is constantly saying, Oh, you know, I've got a a foot and mouth disease. I always say the wrong thing <laughs> unintentionally. <laughs> and it, she's like, I don't know, like I I just come out and say what I want to say and then I realise, oh crap, I shouldn't have said that and now I've upset someone. Mm. But the point is the awareness of, of and the, the intrigue, the curiosity to go one step further than maybe you want to or that you feel comfortable doing, which, which I love doing, is going, you know, somebody's, <laughs> I've met so many people like this, somebody at face value seems really aggressive, mm -hmm. just to everyone in life, seems really like, crotchety and and like the world maybe owes them something and they're just like abrasive you know and 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 those qualities in a different perspective or in, like seen in a different light can be so useful to society you know when when channeled in the in um an effective way mm. a usable way yes we definitely need that kind of passion and 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 intent sometimes absolutely but it's, it's common for people to just dismiss that person straight up and go, oh, this, you know, this person's, you yeah, know, right. this person's well, when so mean and what is their problem? And ugh, I just don't have time for people like that. And, and like take it offensively right. themselves. But what's more interesting is to pull it all apart and get curious and, and remain calm and, and sort of go, okay. Why but is I, this person like this? Yeah, I get you. I you, think that's what's beautiful about you is that's like you're to every I don't want to say everybody else, but to many other people, that just seems like a load of work that they don't want to take on, right? Because we're yeah, because yeah, we're all like we're all stuck in our own mess, and we just we don't want to go to work and I don't deal have with this. Time for this. <laughs> yeah, like, right. It's like your stuff out. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like, dude, stop being stop being a jerk. You know, just like. Come to work. If you want to be a jerk at home or in your private life, go ahead. I don't care, but don't act like this at work. And then that's kind of like, like it's, I don't know, under the, under the, under the guise of like be a professional, right? But really we just don't want to deal with it. We just mm -hmm. don't want to have to put up with somebody's emotions, especially when you're in the middle of a, of a shift 
right? But then you don't even see it as, maybe sometimes you do, but it seems like you don't see it as a work. You're just like already there. You're just like, oh man, why, what makes this person tick, you know? Mm. Yeah, so I, I, think, <laughs> I think that's such a beautiful aspect of, oh, thank you. of, of Jesse May, <laughs> because that's like how it is with not just the aggressive types, right? But like the really shy types or the really like... Oh, absolutely. Like, like everyone mm. in the world is uniquely who they are with all their little delicious buttons that have been created and 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 there's so much you know like we talked about yin and yang and and like the flow of energy and everything that makes everyone who they are you know their, their history their ancestry their, mm. their everyone is rich with life and experiences and every well, everyone has a story i want to ask when did you start when did you start thinking like this right because i don't i don't think maybe it's always been at this level obviously there's been growth there's been like uh, a place where you've like, I can't remember. You see, we were, ta- we were talking last night, and you were saying how like, um, like this, it's like almost like a cycle, right? Like you have these moments in life where you get like stagnant, and then something will happen, or a person will come into your life, and then that uh. that spiritual aspect or that or that self evaluation will come back in a healthy, better way, and you'll just keep improving, which is really good. But when did this like start, where you stopped looking at somebody and was thinking in your head like, man, just sort your mess up, you know? Versus, um. oh, I wonder what makes that person tick. I think before we go into that, it's important <coughs> to say that, um, yes, I like to look at people and, and think and be curious about how they got that way and why they're so different to me and, you know, like, how can they be so, so different to me and, 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 and wonder what buttons they're pressing in me and, and go and analyze that to the nth degree. But at the same time, it doesn't excuse, like if someone's outwardly being aggressive to people and hurting them, I just wanna say that, you know, yes, there is a place for, for people to expect other people to get their shit together, to go out and, and work on themselves. I think, you know, it's not all about just accepting everyone and, you know, letting them be aggressive and hurting people no 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 that's not that's really not what i'm saying what i'm saying is to be curious about how they got that way so that maybe you can understand it better Mm. understand you sort of grow your capacity for empathy with humanity and for yourself in general but still expect that yeah you you're not going to be able to go in there and like fix everyone if we can use that term or expect other people to change as well because i think a lot of people take on the like this this huge responsibility to try and understand everyone you don't have to try and understand everyone or try and help everyone a lot of the work that 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 makes i think society a better place is the work we do on our own but it can just help i think to be a little bit more perceptive in a social situation so that you can make it easier for yourself and the other person. Mm. Like, it's like this respect, recognizing where someone's at and not like poking the bear, so to speak. Mm. Like just being able to be a little bit more conscious of, okay, this person's aggressive. I don't know why, I'm willing to find out why, but it doesn't have to be my life's purpose to get involved with that person right you know so they're allowed to make their own way 
And if it upsets you, you know, you, I think you have a right to say, hey, I don't appreciate the way you talk to me or whatever. Right. But you first have to know like which boundaries they're crossing. And that's a whole other thing that we can get into later. But thank you for asking me how I got into this whole thing. I think it's all the experiences in my life that have led to another thing. I can't pinpoint any one thing that I could say was like, this was the turning point of my life. Yeah. <laughs> where, yeah. where I was like, boom, and then I had my awakening. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you. like you said. So it's, it's kind of just something that you kind of, yeah, like it's, it happened. And then once you like were in it, that's when you realized you were like, oh, this is like something that's been happening. And then you just kind of kept going on that path. That's Isn't it. it? Okay. That's it. It's like noticing, you know what I think it is? I think it's the unhappiness. I think it's the point where I get most unhappy hmm. that drives me into the change that I need to overcome the unhappiness. Is that something that just came from you? Like, have you been doing that your whole life? Because for me, like, there was a time when I was unhappy and that didn't drive me to change. And now I would say that if I'm unhappy, it does drive me to change. But there were, there were a few years where I was just like, just unhappy. And I wanted things to change. And until I had the conversation with myself that like, yeah, I just, it's not that I don't want to live. I just don't want to live this life. And that's what made me change, right? For maybe a few people, it might get to that point. But was your, your unhappiness that drove you to change? Was that something that you've always had? Or is that something that you developed? Or was it like a moment where you were just like unhappy for a long time? And then you were like, oh, I don't have to be unhappy. Let's, let's do something about it. You know? Exactly like that knowing at some point that I don't have to do this, whatever it is that's causing me to be uncomfortable or unhappy. And you know what? Usually, funnily enough, there's been someone in my life who's intervened or something, some beautiful point of guidance that, that's just, kind of come into my life. I've had some beautiful mentors and teachers who weren't really like teachers, if that makes sense. They were, well, I think in essence, everyone's a teacher if you bother to listen or if you choose to see it that way. But you say like more like of just like a, maybe like an unintentional guide in the time of your life? That's yeah. it, yeah. I think being uncomfortable, being unhappy, and first being aware mm. that you're uncomfortable, unhappy, and you don't yeah. want to be. Yeah, it's so easy that, to be in the middle the, of that mess and right? just not be aware of that's, it. See, that's what I felt like when you were saying, you know, I was unhappy, but it didn't drive me to change. I was just in it and just being like, oh, I'm in it. Yeah. But then what is that, that like? You can't see the, can't see the forest or the trees? That's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. It's, like, it's exactly that, is that you're, you're so in it. And I think you have to be. I think it's part of the process. I think you have, this is what I've learned for myself actually, is that I have to be in that place to realize I don't want to be in that place anymore. It makes logical sense, mm. doesn't it? And so then at some point there's a shift. And for me, it's, it's the awareness of going, all right, when people ask me about this thing, I'm always giving them this negative kind of, downtrodden perspective and then they're always asking me are you okay you don't seem yourself you look tired and and then all of a sudden it's like this turning point where it's like 
Yeah, I am tired. I don't want to be anymore. Yeah, I am sad. What am I sad for? Why is, you know, I don't have to do this. And then just, just that moment alone, I feel like somebody said this, awareness alone is curative. It starts to change things. It totally does, right? It, it, like, it gets that snowball effect going. It does. And, right? and slowly but surely, little things start to come into your life because you're now opening up to it. Like I started opening up to the possibility of change. Hmm. Not to change. Didn't know it was hopeless, you know, in right. these moments. But then little things start to change yeah. and come along. I gravitated towards things. I listened. Things that people said would ring out louder in the in the entire conversation. Yeah, and you know what? I think also like that awareness just like, it's almost like um, like if you were to put it on an illustration, right? Or like make it like a little cartoon, right? Like there's just- I a, love cartoons. I know, me too. <laughs> well, it's just like if there was like somebody, like a little cartoon just walking down the street and there was a bubble and all these things in life were trying to happen for the better, right? But until that person becomes aware that bubble's still around them, right? And so that, that awareness kind of pops that bubble and then those things are able to come in. Right, because your mind's not closed off anymore. And just like you were saying, that awareness kind of gets the, gets the ball rolling. It's like those little things that popped out, they could have just been another conversation that you overheard and not done anything for you. But because that awareness has begun and that journey is like started, that conversation that you overheard was just like meant for you, right? Like, the, like those two words completely out of context that you have nothing to do with that conversation that you just heard like send you into this like mental trajectory of just improvement right or something something for the better does that make sense it does make sense yeah it's like life is trying to life is trying to happen and when you become aware it's just easier to let that in and let it begin you know mm-hmm. yeah i hope i hope i said that all right but yeah no, you definitely like, did yeah that's I kind of the mental like, picture that got me going what you said just confirms what i was trying to convey so that's really Old helpful. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, yeah, I totally think that's true, especially when it comes to like, um, I, I think I think when it comes to like, just being aware inside of yourself and and learning who you are, right? Because I think I think if there's not a moment in your life where like this is who I am, and then it just continues. I think it's like a constant growth, and at every stage in your life, you could very well be like, yes, I know who I am. And you can still continue to grow and add to yourself, right? And subtract the things that are negative or things that you've moved on from, right? Like little little contracts inside of your heart that have kind of come Ooh, to an like end that. and you kind of change. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, I just I really like that idea because for yeah, I think well, yeah, you keep talking because I kind of like I'm, my my head is like it's like a tree, right? <laughs> like the the main idea is like intimacy with self but then like I have so many branches going off and <laughs> no, I'm just about to ramble that's what I'm so about squirrels. I know <laughs> exactly right so I'm like yeah. okay I've got like I've got like four things in my head but I think we'll hit them as we go so yeah, keep going absolutely I'm the same I'm just so keen like, right otherwise I'm just gonna like I'm not gonna yeah. shut up for 10 minutes and I'm like this podcast is to hear from the guest <laughs> so oh man I know people like, will hear my voice a lot I know, so I'm trying like, to like give I'm, you the space this is why I love talking to you because you you have um a beautiful perspective on um, the growth of the individual as well. Like I really appreciate that I can talk to you about this because some some of our fellow humans won't don't want to don't want to expand it, don't want to know it, think it's all wishy washy woo woo stuff, and and you know ha- appear almost 
hardened on purpose to not do anything about it. Well, here's it. the thing. Well, they right? don't have like, to. Like, that's a choice that people make. That I, think I totally so respect many, that. I think there's so many reasons why people don't. And I think, I think probably the two biggest ones, at least in my experience and what I can evaluate, and I could be wrong, right? But like, one is they're, they're so comfortable where they're at that they don't need that self-awareness and change and growth right because you can get into a place of complacency and i think people hear complacency and usually it's connected to like oh, i just i don't like my job my relationship's okay but it's not the best or whatever or life, laziness this or is something. life yeah, yeah right and then it, they just get in this plateau and um that's kind of what they do with complacency but what if complacency is like yeah, i've got two cars and uh, a lovely wife and a beautiful child and my job is great and there's just no more growth because everything is so comfortable because that seems to that person like they've made it. Right, right. And, they, and, and I think the, and the second thing, right? The second thing is like, it's too tough, right? I mean, people should do hard things and doing hard things is like, I don't know, when, when you sacrifice that comfortability for self-growth, you get a really good return, right? Um, but yeah, like sometimes just diving into yourself is really difficult because maybe you don't like what's there and you've been avoiding it, right? Or maybe you don't like how underdeveloped something is. Like I have the habit of mm. jumping into something like, I had such a, like a, like a diverse experience growing up as a kid that I've become good at a, like a lot of things. Not like amazing, but just like proficient in a lot of things that I didn't necessarily do as a kid, but because of that experience, I can jump in, right? Like if you're, athletic-wise, if you're good at football, usually you can jump into basketball because you have that coordination, you've had those skills that have been like, you've laid a foundation for it, right? Mm -hmm. Just like anything else. So, when I, I find when I'm not good at something, off the start, I'm just like, forget that. I'm like, I've got all this. <laughs> Yeah, right? I was like, I've got all this other stuff I can do. Like, I don't need to, I don't need to do this. Yeah. I don't need to hold a handstand for 15 seconds. <laughs> Whatever, you know? And so, yeah, so I tend to steer away from things that take a little bit more work, like where I have to work at it. And I like, it's, I recognize that that's one of my bad habits because there's so much more out there for me that life could offer that I'm not taking advantage of because I just like am lazy. <laughs> but at the same time, you can't possibly do everything. Like give yourself a break. Uh, I disagree. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a time thing, right? It's like, if you, if you give time to anything, you can accomplish anything, no matter how talented or terrible at something you are. Like Buddy, that's, that is a fantastic, uh, point of view to have. Like, yeah, but I don't, I don't exercise Your self-efficacy <laughs> is like, boo. Well, it's true, right? It's like you see these people who have these like crazy stories and they're like, oh yeah, like my life was terrible and I've turned it around. And I mean, in, in two years, you could completely change your life, you know? Like you could live a new life and a full experience like every two or three years and you could just keep changing that. Buddy, you can change your life, but just having a deep breath do you know how that feels? Yeah. Sometimes yeah, I'm walking around rushing, doing my whole day, and I'm like, I'm not even breathing. Like, I'm not even breathing. I just even, like, <sighs> and just doing that is life-giving. Well, like, come I think, on. I think, <laughs> that right, can so, change your, your day. Well, I think, okay, I want to I wanna do, I wanna do moment, two examples. A moment, and that, right? like, like, leads to other things. Just breathe. People breathe. <laughs> you can get, I think... I think you can schedule that in and have the same amount and takeaway from that if you were to just be in the middle of something and then stop and breathe, right? Like if you did, like I'm not one of those hyper scheduler people. Like I just kind of let things roll and then the things that I need to take care of, I take care of, mm -hmm. right? But it's like, uh, for instance, I, I know of a gentleman, never met him, but his name is Mike Bickle and apparently he just, um, 
he runs a church in America, and it's like a prayer center, but he schedules his day down to the 15-minute segments, including like 15 minutes resting or 15 minutes naps or whatever. Everything is scheduled out, right? So if you, that's an extreme case. I'm saying if you can manage your time well, you can still have the rest and the deep breath and still get a ton done. Like how much time now, especially with social media and video games and Netflix, how much time do and we YouTube waste? Right? And... <laughs> it's like, especially it's like, yeah, YouTube and TED Talks are like so good, right? Uh... <laughs> I love TED Talks. But, um, but yeah, it's like we waste so much time. And like even if it is under the, under the banner of self-improvement, right? Because mm. like TED Talks can actually teach you so much. Yeah, you can get new perspectives. Yeah, sure. and it's, but like, how much of how much of the time could you use actually doing something that will self improve you? Right, like instead of doing fifteen minutes of yoga, you could have done half an hour. Well, it all depends on how you think what you're doing is yeah. improving you yeah. as well. Because lying in your bed for a full day, just thinking or just meditating, emphasis on the word just could just be the thing that yeah. you need to be most successful. But it's when it becomes a habit, right? It's like everything in moderation. There's got to be a, a balance, yin yang, right? There's got to be a balance to it. Otherwise, you're just, I don't know, taking advantage. You're not, not using your time wisely. And, but well, you're using, it's a, using it differently. Yeah, okay. I would, I would say <laughs> different. It can fall under the unwise section I suppose but yeah using it differently but yeah I think I mean it's, it's a journey right it's like everybody's on their own journey it's not nobody's gonna have it figured out every day all the time right you're gonna oh, kind of ebb no. and flow in out of this like <laughs> oh yeah yeah like yeah. I think I don't know if it was I don't know if it was you I was telling but I was telling somebody is like if you were to draw a line on a paper and that was just if you follow that line to a T that would be your perfect life every decision everything right but we're never on that line it's like if you were to draw that line and then draw wavelengths that, that go above and below the line, mm. when those lines cross, that's where you're kind of like in your purpose the most. And so the wavelengths start off really big. And then as you kind of self-evaluate and that awareness grows and you become more and more who you think you're meant to be, um, always on like, not necessarily always thinking, always being hyper aware, but just living your life and like trying to improve and do the best you can and finding your passions and following those and living a life of service and um, all these things is like those wavelengths get smaller and smaller to where even if they're outside of that central line that is your perfect life, you get closer and closer to that. And I don't think you ever like get on that line and then just go like straight and finish off life, right? I think it's a constant like ebb and flow. And some days maybe those wavelengths will get bigger again because of something that happened, right? Or something that's changed drastically, but then those wavelengths will get smaller and smaller until there's more connecting points on that line that represents your purpose. Yeah. What I really love about what you just said is this ebb and flow, this kind of wavelength where you'll be so far away from where you think you should be. Mm, yeah. But I've learned that I need to actually push myself into those places so that I can get back to the other thing with more purpose, with, with even greater gusto, if you want to say it that mm. way. And so it's about becoming uncomfortable with being so far away from where you think you should be that you actually force yourself back to where you wanted to be anyway. 
do you, do you know, are you familiar with orienteering? Orienteering. So it's like it, uh, if points were on a map, it's just, uh, I mean, I, in a nutshell, because I haven't done it in years, um, but in a nutshell, you like have points on a map and you're trying to get from one point to another and maybe even like mark these other places and get to them and then redirect. But you're in the, basically in the wilderness, right? It's like kind of like, like orienteering in life is like when you realize how far off your line that you are, you have like, um, you have like, like, I can't remember what they call them, like reserves or catches or whatever, but basically they're markers. You know, when you hit this valley at this point, you're like three or 400 yards from where you need to be. And you need to backtrack along that line that you just took and then get back on the path. And that, I think that's like also like a parallel example to the, to the ebb and flow and the lines thing, right? It's like when you get so far off, you're like, crap, I need to get back, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like having that awareness kind of makes you realize when you are having that fourth pint of Ben and Jerry's that evening and you're just sitting in your room watching Netflix, <laughs> you're, you're like, you're like, man, that, by the way, for all those listening, that's never actually happened to me. That's just an example. <laughs> but, um. But yeah, it's like, um, yeah, at that point you realize like, oh man, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm off the track a little bit. Let me get back to that line. Let me get back to that point, that plotted point. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But that's where that drive comes in that you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to drive yourself out there so you can hit that line harder and better with more gusto. And I think for me it's happened whether I like it or not. And it's it comes back to that point I made earlier about getting uncomfortable mm. and being like being in a place I don't want to be in that has always for what I can see if I go back and sort of review the cycles of my life I can see that I've always come to a point you know they talk about the hero's journey where there's been an opportunity and I've taken it and then I've had to achieve all of these different parts of, of the journey. And a key part of the journey is to, is to uh, die. Basically, mm. like the old me is torn down mm. in a certain way, whatever that means in the context of the journey. Yeah. And then there's like a rebirth. And, and this is the most juicy, exciting phase because for me, it means that there's lots of information coming in. Mm. There's lots of growth. There's lots of um, potential and, and hope and, and energy and passion. And then eventually I'll come back out of whatever the cycle was that I just went into. And I think I'm always better for it. In hindsight, of course. Yeah. Whilst I'm in there. I'm feeling everything. I'm hating yeah. it. I'm like, why is this happening to me? I don't yeah. understand. Why me? Why are you there? I want to, you know, I'm just going yeah. crazy. It's like a refinery. Hey, it's like you got to go through the flames to get kind of get those impurities out and, and have that change and come back stronger. That's it. Or to, to know something that I didn't know before that can actually help me to get to the thing that I wanted to get to, but couldn't get there without all this stuff happening. And it only makes sense when you get to the next point. And you get, and you go, oh, that's why. <laughs> and sometimes it's about facing the beast because we know that beyond the beast is, is the thing that we want. That is such a cool thing. 
Once I recognized that, I became a little bit less fearful of facing beasts. And I think it's helped me to face not only my own problems, but other people's issues as well. Because even if they're afraid of it, because I know what that fear is for myself, when I look at something and I'm like, oh, I just, I don't even want to talk about this. I don't know how to deal with this. And you fine tune, if I fine tune my own brain and self into, into that feeling, I feel like I can better understand when other people are feeling that and just be in that understanding with them. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't know exactly what the problem is, I know the feeling of, of like fear or anxiety or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And it comes back to knowing oneself really, really well. And Jordan Peterson talks about this, but he says, you have to get good at listening to yourself, listening to your, your, how you talk to yourself and how you talk outwardly from yourself to other people. Yeah. What are you actually saying? What do you actually mean? Yeah, I think, um, so, uh, so people on the podcast have heard, and I think you know, but um, yeah, my, my background is in the church, right? And so part of that is um, I, I, see, I see so much that I learned inside of that context played out in life, right? And so what you just said kind of reminds me that like out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? And so it's like what you're, that self-conversation that you're having and how you view yourself is going to be how you interact with other people, right? And there's this common theme inside of the church that says like, like the two most important commandments, right? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. But you can't love your neighbor until you understand yourself, right? And then... I think that kind of like also speaks exactly to that context, right? It's like how you're internally dealing with yourself and living with yourself inside is how you're going to interact with people on the outside as well at some point. And, you know, sometimes you can cover it up. Like if you're really treating yourself like crap, you can still, you can still be like, oh, hey, how are you? But eventually that monster is going to come and like rear its ugly face and, and you're going to be like, Oh, I'm a jerk and all this stuff. <laughs> but but yeah, no, you're you're right. It's like how you how you have that self conversation and how you view yourself and how you interact internally is definitely going to come come out and and um, and yeah, be presented in how you interact with other people for sure. Absolutely, and understanding what what makes me tick. Mm helps me to be curious about what makes other people tick, like we said in the beginning of the podcast. And that curiosity alone has genuinely changed the way I interact with people because I can no longer take anything at face value. And sometimes it annoys me because I just want to, <laughs> you right. know, like I just want it to be simple so I don't have to care, so I don't have to bother, so I don't have to sh like, put so much energy into right. every single conversation I have, but it's just there now. Well, it's that goes unlocked, back. it's yeah. vibrating within me, and I have no choice. It is automatic now. When you talk to me, or if you say something to me, I am gonna have, for every sentence you say, every opinion you communicate to me, yeah. through your opinions of others, or how to do things, whether it's you, uh, 
cleaning your house in front of me, my mind is ravaged by the kind of person you are. Because I'm like, oh, I see that he cleans right into the corners. Oh, I see that he also sweeps up what he has swept into the corner. Oh, I see that while he's doing that, he's also looking for cobwebs. Like my brain is analyzing every little piece of information. I once told someone, you can know so much about people by just washing, uh, watching them wash their dishes, right? And I swear that this works, right? Because there's a very big difference between rinsing a dish and putting it on the side for later mm. and get, like, I'm going to put it in the dishwasher, I'm going to properly wash it, mm. than there is to someone who washes the dish, rinses it, puts it in the rack versus the person who washes the dish, rinses it, puts it in the rack, dries it, it, puts it away, dries all the other things, washes everyone else's dishes. Like there's a big difference. And that act alone, observing just that process in general can say so much about a person, their values, how they're going to see other people. Mm -hmm. Because imagine that person that did the full process right and swept the floor. Because it's not just about washing up your dish, it's about like for that person, perhaps, cleaning the entire space. Yeah. When somebody else just puts the dish on the side for later, that may be infuriating, right? So this is what I'll do. I'll watch that person, the way they do all their things, and then I'll know, okay, with this person, it's definitely going to annoy them <laughs> if I'm just leaving plates around. Because I know that they value tidiness, that they value cleanliness, that they value order. Just from this two well, minutes of watching them in the kitchen. I like that because it's like um, other people have said it, right? but you hit on Jordan Peterson. He also says, like, how are you going to change anything if you can't, like, um, maintain control of your house, right? Or um, other people, I can't remember who said it, but it's like a pretty, pretty well-known quote with a few people that I know. It's like they always say, like, your... Um, Kind of like your house or your, your living space reflects your mentality as well. So yeah. if it's a mess, your mind's a mess, right? Yeah. And if there's, a, if there's no order there, there's no order here between the years, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think, that, uh, I think that's accurate because the more, I find that the more I keep other things in, I don't know, like in, in cleanliness, it does reflect my mental health as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's like the clutter of the mind. But I've never taken it to the extent that you do. I'm like... Man, look at her clean the corners. She's, she's really detailed, <laughs> right? But then, but then you can go one step further from there. And see, this is the next bit. This is where I'm neurotic. Because I'll go one step further than that. Mm -hmm. I'll look at the person, observe them doing all the things, analyze why they do it that way. Like, what was their upbringing? Did, was their mum clean in the house? Was their dad clean in the house? Were they the only child that was clean in the house? Why did they have to be the clean child? And like, I'll just go into this <laughs> yeah. like never ending cycle of, from two minutes watching someone do a dishwash. And then I'll think to myself, okay, when they didn't put it away like I would, why did that annoy me? You know what? That creates such an incredible space inside of the context of relationships, right? But like not just how we interact with people, but I'm just talking specific romantic relationships. If mm -hmm. you can evaluate your partner like that and just that, that hunger to know, mm. if you can take that into that context, I think you'll end up having a, 
a really successful relationship, right? Or at least you'll figure out really early if you're not going to be together. <laughs> you <know? laughs> you're shimmy. Like, yeah, right? It's like, oh my gosh. Why are you this, your clothes this is the, the fourth day that you haven't done your washing. Like, yeah, what the heck? Yeah. Clean that plate. <laughs> but, it's um, egg, damn it. <laughs> yeah, right. Ex- exactly. It's like, you might as well just chuck it in the trash now. Yeah. But no, I think that's incredible because it's like, yeah, so many times in relationships, um, friendships as well right if you're trying to grow that friendship or whatever if you're just like mm-hmm. taking that person for granted and letting them outside of the interaction that you're having like with them directly if you're not observing their life and just seeing how they do things you're probably not as invested in them as you think mm-hmm. right like you're just like back to the letting life happen versus being proactive right you're just letting the relationship happen and take its course instead of being very intentional with how you're loving that person mm-hmm. right which is so much more important like if you're being intentional with your friends, incredible. If you're being intentional with your spouse or your partner, even better. Because that's the more important relationship to be intentional with. Does that make sense? Because they're the one living with you or they're the one that knows you on the deepest level. Outside of you knowing yourself, I guess. But yeah, like I never thought about that. Like you just saying that makes me think like, oh man, next time I watch Me You Clean, I'm just probably going to think of all of these questions. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? It's like, it's like uh, yeah, 100%. I'm like, shoot, man, there's so much that you can get from just observing your, your friends or your partners and how they do things. Absolutely. And it's, it's all those little things that really make a difference. Um, oh, so many things I want to say about this, but... I think just as important as observing is listening, right? Mm. Open all of the senses to the interaction with other people and yourself. Like listen, 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 listen. Don't just hear things, listen. I think one of the biggest lessons I had in actually listening to what someone was saying was when I had a really tough time in one of my relationships I was dating this guy and we were so fiery towards each other. Ang- I, angry or passionate? Oh. Okay, angry. <laughs> just, just fiery, okay? okay? Like, there was just, I'm talking, we would have such, such, I don't even know how we ended up being in a relationship with each other for like four years until this point because we just fought like anything over everything. And like, I'm talking real fighting. Like we were throwing things. He was punching walls. <laughs> we incited each other so fiercely. Kyle? Like, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> did, he, did he drink monsters? <laughs> no. And to see, this is... But yeah. But I, you know what? This is where it got, this is where the change happened. And it, it just relates to what I was saying before. Is that I got to a point in that relationship where I just gave up. Mm-hmm. I just got so low one day. We were having this argument about probably something petty that we'd no doubt been fighting about the entire way through our relationship. You know, it just comes up and comes up and comes yeah, up. It's yeah. drawn from the past, even though you think you've fixed it. So we're fighting about something, whatever it was, it's irrelevant to the, the main point of this story. But I just remember giving up. I just remember chatting to him in this aggressive tone and going, oh, I just can't even be bothered with this. You know, like this isn't even worth it. And, I, and this thing just happened in my mind where I went, cause we, we were saying things like, you're not listening to me. And, and that would be the constant thing we'd say, well, you're not listening to me. You know, I'm saying this. 
I'm saying, and then you do that whole like, which doesn't help. Well, you're not listening. And then you just you're just patronizing each other, and it's just awful. And you know that you don't want to be that way. Right. Underneath it all, you hate yourself for it. Isn't that crazy that we get to that point though? Right. It's like shoot, man. It's like you don't want to do this, but you just have so much emotion, and and you're so invested in that situation. It's just you can't help but like want to be heard on top of knowing that the fighting is wrong. Exactly. And it's just inflamed the whole situation. So I gave up and I was like, all right, I'm I'm just, you know what? I'm just going to listen to you. Every word that comes out of your mouth right now, I'm just going to listen. And in my mind, it was like, yeah, come on, tell me what you're saying. And I'm really going to listen to you. And it was real spiteful, you know? Mm, So I went that whole, I'm just going to sit here and analyze everything you're going to say. And how dumb it is, right? Mm. This is where I was at. Right. I was in this awful headspace. So I just sat there and I'm listening to all these words. And you know what? I actually listened. And I realized I'd, I'd never heard what he was saying. I'd never heard it. I thought he had said this thing, whatever it was to me, a hundred times over the exact same story. Same old, same old. I know what you're trying to say, but I never actually listened to him. And all of a sudden, I realized, oh, he really has, is making a point here. And this is not the first time I've heard this from him from the people who are very close to me in my family that know me very, very well. Uh-oh. I think, I think I can actually do something here that might help us both and stop me from experiencing this going forward in this relationship, in that relationship, in my general react, um, relationships with everything in general. Mm-hmm. So, so I listened and we were both shocked. Because at some point, I just said, okay, so this is what you're saying then. Let me get this straight. You're saying this. And you can imagine, like, from an inflamed situation, he was like, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying, but you never listen. And he's going on and on and on. Because he's I'm, probably so used to the fighting. Because he's, like, used to me coming at him with all this aggression, right? Right, and now and that you've finally heard, he doesn't even, like, And I was genuinely interested to hear more. Mm. And I was like, okay, what else? And then I think he thought I was playing with him a bit because yeah, I'd never, it's like, in. oh, this is a new angle, you know, oh, she's just whatever. And then he started to talk more and more and say things. And I listened and I listened and I listened and I just kept my mouth shut for like a full hour. He was telling me things that I thought I'd heard him say a hundred times, but I had never heard it. I'd never heard it in this way. And I'll tell you one of the hardest things you will ever do in your life is be completely clear that you know something that the other person isn't getting and then shut up and listen to them. This is so hard to do because you're, you are, you're so wanting them to hear you and you want to be right and you want to be heard and accepted and you want to win. Mm. But you win when you listen. You win for you, for them, for everyone. You, you win and you learn. Where were it's you, so powerful. Where were you at with your with your self journey, and where you at like uh, in self growth and, and awareness? Where were you at inside that relationship? This, I was in a bit of a like, crisis. To okay, because this sounds like one of those points you were talking about, where you're just like, not necessarily an epiphany or an aha moment, but it was just like a, 
like a moment where you're starting to open up that awareness again, you know, and then because I'm curious because we did talk about like how you interact with yourself is how you interact with other people. So obviously with this constant fighting going on, that crisis is evident. But what was going on internally when you decided to listen and then you were opened up to this information in a new light that made you see what he was actually trying to say? I didn't think I knew it consciously. Hmm. I think it just came to a climax where there didn't seem to be any other option than to change. And that in itself is just... That was the beginning of change right there. It is. Right? It is. Because in a way, it's like I was saying before with that whole hero's journey. is you, you give up or you face defeat or you die. And you have to find another way to go on. You have to find new skills, new things that are going to work. But I think it's important also to say that... It's not about just like backing down, so to speak, in, in a conversation with someone. You know, like listening so that they get to say everything they want to say. And then, you know, you're left there just being unheard. I think what's really healthy in, in all relationships and communicating in general is that the, the listening, the acting and reacting goes both ways. If you can... If you can be in a relationship with someone who does allow you the space to say what's on your heart and in your mind and to work with you to, to find out why you think that way mm. or where that came from and really understand each other intimately and maybe um, help the other person to say, you know, I, well, from my perspective, it looks like this and listen and go, okay, could that be your perspective because of your experience in blah, 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 blah? I wonder if what this person is telling me lines up with what someone else tells me about myself and then forming this general idea of what's yeah. being perceived from the outside together with what you know to be true from the inside. But you have to have the opportunity to express yourself in the first place yeah. to know how that sort of interaction is being formed and understood so I don't so much in the, just what you just said. I know, so but, much but the point is, yeah. you, you know, whilst you're, yes, you are listening to the other person mm -hmm. and you're challenging uh, this little niggling feeling like, oh, I just want to say something. Oh, I just want to fight it off. You know, like, that's not true. What they said is so, ugh, ooh, that person's always like that. And they always say these things and they, mm, they're so selfish. And ugh. if you can just, I'm not talking about suppressing your emotions, but if you can get through it by like, holding that beautiful tension where, yeah, you can feel that emotion rising and recognize it as, okay, I'm passionate about this. This, is, this seems really important to me. And it, it seems important to the other person right now as well. And recognize the love that exists underneath it or the intent, the positive intent that, that goes underneath that as well. Then I think you can have a really healthy conversation because you, you go into this conversation with the intent to work through it together, not against each other. Yeah. You know, that's what I want to see more of in the world. I really, really want to see people 
coming to the conversations with their viewpoint and their strong, passionate feeling about it. I want to see that. But what I want to see more is that person. Okay, so this is part two. I'm still with Jesse May. Unfortunately, I didn't know there was a time limit on the podcast, so we hit 60 minutes, and now, uh, now we're re rolling back the clock, starting again. So you'll hear a, a part one and a part two. Uh, this one will just focus on... Um, we'll wrap up the last thing that she said, which she's about to share with us, but um, we're going to go into kind of... Now we're going to kind of dive into specifically how self-intimacy and... and uh, and awareness really benefits inside of a romantic relationship, uh, both in that uh, intimacy, right, and how you relate to that person, but also that physical relationship, that's that sexual intimacy as well. Um, so to recap, you were just talking about um, in a relationship how you were fighting with somebody. It was like this um, relationship that was just really fiery. And then as you drew to the end of that, you were talking about how people needed to listen. So I'll go ahead and let you take it from here because obviously you're going to do a much better job relaying your, uh, your points than I will. So <laughs> take it away, madam. Uh, I don't know how good I'm relaying my points, but <laughs> You're doing great. I get very passionate, nevertheless. <laughs> I was saying, I think, that what I really want to see more of in the world and what I appreciate so much when I do see it is people having robust conversations and going into a conversation or an interaction with all of their, their, their own ideas about things, things that they're passionate about, things that they stand for, ready to, to stand by it, what they think and how they feel. And going into that conversation also with the intent of being open to somebody else's perspective, coming out just as passionately, just as well known to them. And so together, trying to understand each other, and even though the opinions or, or perspectives might be completely different or seem that way, just being willing to respect what someone else is saying and have your own opinions changed even if you've held them for your entire life just to be open to seeing something from someone else's perspective and then if, if you will go beyond it to understand why and how they came to be this person's perspective because you can learn so much from people yeah everybody is our teacher somebody can teach you something you didn't you can't possibly know everything well speaking of teaching speaking of knowing because we talked about this kind of between the podcasts it's like um, you were talking about in the last podcast, you brought up the point of like this person is saying something and also maybe another person is saying the same thing, both about you, but that doesn't really line up with what you're feeling internally. Mm -hmm. That right there is a really good place to practice that awareness, right? It's like, okay, well, that's not how I feel. So if this person says something and that's not how you feel and then this person says the same thing and they haven't worked together to come up with that, right? then obviously there is a recurring theme and you need to self-evaluate and be aware of why they both feel like that is and why you don't feel like that is, mm. right? And then I brought up the, like, um, the word reckon, right? Like a reckoning. It's almost like you're balancing your checkbook, like just making sure the numbers line up, right? Because <laughs> if you spend 600 and your checkbook says you only have 500, then you're in trouble, right? right. So it's like, uh, yeah, if somebody's saying something about you and it doesn't line up and you continue to ignore that, you're, you're in trouble because it's, 
something that could could grow into something more and then you just you kind of like without that awareness you're almost putting blinders on yourself and just letting yourself turn into this like giant person that you're uh, I don't know that isn't really like uh, one with your with your with yourself mm-hmm. you know like you're just like no, I don't want to say live in a lie because that's not quite it. But it's like, um, yeah, if you're le- if you're letting something grow inside of you that isn't healthy, then obviously it's going to create a disconnect, and you're going to lose intimacy with your friends, with your partner, with your family, and with yourself, where you don't need to. And society and as to. well, like just yeah. being a functioning human in society. And I think this this really is about taking ownership and being vulnerable and having humility yeah, humility within so yourself brutal. because, and that's really terrifying for some people because for, perhaps for their entire life they've had to, had to put up walls and they've had to, you know, fight just to be heard in their family or, or in society or whatever it is. Mm. And there are so many branches to this, you know, yeah. that go off and like how you were spoken to as a child because of the way you look versus the way that other kid looks and you know did people smile at you more did your mum hold you did your mum not hold you like all these little one percent things well that's why all right so matter right yeah intimacy okay so intimacy is defined as closeness right outside mm-hmm. of sexual relations that's another definition we'll get there but intimacy is defined as closeness right so if, if all those things that have made you who you are are something that you're evaluating you are growing closer to yourself right like we start we start off in life having this outward experience where it's like all these things are happening to us we're being taught we're in school we're having these thoughts we're playing and uh we're going through these experiences children right and then we become teenagers and young adults and and we start to turn inward and then it's like this this um again reckoning right this like okay so i've had all of these experiences outward and then they've come into me and now I'm having this experience inward and I need to represent myself outward that kind of matches who I want to be in a sense. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. Ooh, I feel like that. I feel like it could have been, I feel like it could have been put better, but if, uh, if you're listening, then uh, run with that, get creative. You know? <laughs> um, so yeah, so that being said, or I want to rewind s- and get real confused again. Yeah, or, yeah, or just go uh, go inward and then just get lost. It's almost like 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 Ant Man, right? It's like oh, perfect. So like Ant Man, right? When he goes to the quantum realm and he just gets lost for a little bit, like that's us when we like get inside that internal head of ours, that headspace, whether it's healthy or unhealthy. Sometimes we just get stuck there, right? And it's uh, constantly inward, right? But now it's like you take what you know, you take what you've learned, and you come back out into the world, and that's just like that constant inner conversation then the interaction oh yeah 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 and and you know once you you choose (laughs) helping us do life (laughs) one movie at a time (laughs) um that comes back to what you were saying about taking ownership and responsibility of or maybe i was saying that don't put words in your mouth but i'll take those those were those sounded good (laughs) (laughs) but it's about taking responsibility for you know, your place in the world and who you are mm. and how you came to be that way and what that looks like to other people and, and how they are giving you little snippets mm. of information that help you verify, okay, all right, this person's saying this, this person's saying that, maybe I am acting like a jerk sometimes or, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe the other way, maybe 
maybe I sh- maybe I can be a bit more confident in myself yeah, in this this right. area and you know maybe that the, they're saying something to me that I should really listen to this could really help me at this this moment in my life but you have to get comfortable with being vulnerable with being wrong mm-hmm. I want to put that you know in, in quotation because really I I think wrong and right is it's not the way to look at it because then you're just kind of like damning yourself. I think it, I think it plays its part, but I don't think that it's necessarily so, yeah, so damning in that aspect, right? It's like, oh, you're wrong. It's uh, that can be taken to an extreme. Yeah, it's like you're wrong, but that's not the point. The yeah. point is how you go about it. And exactly. The interaction itself. It's about taking the knowledge that's available to you, hmm. assessing for yourself what you think you you know what you think you don't know, and then being open to finding out what you don't know. Yeah. And, and allowing, and being vulnerable, and allowing this state of vulnerability, this state of humbleness, <laughs> this state of open to working it out, so that then you can perceive more, you can learn more about yourself, you can start to get away from a victim mentality mm-hmm. where the world and all of its troubles are happening to you and at you all the time. Yeah, that's so good. And become a little bit more in control of, over, you know, those things that you think are controlling yeah. you, yeah, whether definitely. it's just the things you're telling yourself on a daily basis, whether you start there and you go, you know, oh, yeah, so for instance, getting up out of bed, oh, you know, I, I always get a headache in the morning. Well, that's because I always drink before I go to bed. Or, you know, and just start real basic. Like, I don't want to feel a headache anymore. What could be the things that are making me feel this way? Or, yeah, you know, f- kind of walk before you can run. Find the things, catch yourself talking to yourself. And it might sound like a crazy thing to do. No, I think it's so healthy. But I do healthy. it all the time yeah. now. And it's really helpful. Because it's, it's almost like this feeling there's another person inside of my head at times, you know, when, when, I, when I'm really tuned into this. Which, side like, note, apparently not everybody has that. No. Which I thought was, like, really strange. But I feel like you can cultivate that, right? That's interesting, yeah. I think you can. Because I believe, and somebody said it, nobody talks to you as much as you, you do. do. Yeah. And so if you can tune into the things that you're saying to yourself internally... And then about yourself to other people, like how often do people give you a compliment? And you're just like, ah, no, no way. Oh, that person's just nice. And then it like, it can have the potential to like spiral you down into some other world if you're not like willing to just accept what the person said is like a nice thing. Hmm. You can take it as like the the complete opposite. Like someone's well-intentioned compliment can become like the worst thing anybody could have ever said to you. If you're in that mind frame of, like hating yourself. I think we've done that really well because I've noticed that more so with you and I than with anybody else at, well, where we are, right? Like the lodge and everything. is like when we compliment each other, it's always really genuine and we never downplay it. I think, I think, I mean, I'm still not good at it always, but I've learned to just like accept when people tell me like good things about me, right? And, and the same with you. I've noticed when I compliment somebody at, low, at work, they're like, they say all oh, thanks, but it's kind of like an awkward oh thanks, like oh I don't know what to do with that. But you say it, and you're like, thank you, and it's it's almost like you're you're agreeing, but not in a prideful way. You know, you're just accepting it and and uh, yeah, being grateful. Absolutely. So yeah. you can do that on like a 
a basic level where you're interacting with, well, no, I wouldn't say basic, but maybe on um, not as deep a level as you might in a romantic, intimate relationship with someone. Mm. But say you're interacting with a complete stranger, you can still be genuine, you can still be vulnerable, you can still have an interaction with them that respects them and respects yourself. But I think going into the relationship and talking specifically about compliments and, and giving them genuinely is that the more you open up and the more you find out about each other and the more you're willing to, to sit in each other's pain and anxiety and all the things that we don't want people to know, the more you can really give a genuine, deep, meaningful compliment and know that the intent behind it means that you know so like because we've known each other for so long and because we've we have um been willing to let down our boundary and our barrier there and like experiment with and talk freely about it with each other and and notice the differences and and be vulnerable that's where the real beauty lies because now i can say something to you that i might never ever have said before and, and have an idea that, that you might take it in a certain way, you know, and, and that I can come to you with a problem and say, hey, buddy, you know when you said that thing and I know you were in a hurry and I wanted to just like walk away from this, but I got to say, when you said that thing to me, I, it really upset me because I've told you about this other thing in the past mm-hmm. and that really upset me. And, you know, like it hurt me deeply because of this. And then you'll go and you'll understand. And I feel like that's such a strong thing to be able to do. And likewise, I would almost expect you to come to me knowing that I never intend to hurt you. That's never my intention. Right. Right. But if you come to me now and you say, hey, Jess, I, it seemed odd to me that you would say this knowing about me and my history. And, you know, that, that just really upset me. Why, you know, I, I want to know more. Why did you yeah. say that? Where did that come from? And it opens up this beautiful moment to have a conversation. But how often do we not do that? How often do we just go and let it fester and build and like become this awful giant elephant in the room or this horrible thing that we just like spit out at the other person or internalize or say to other people about this person, which kind of defames them in a way. Yeah. If you could pick it up, Every day, if you can pick it up, pick up that uncomfortable feeling and do it from the start of the relationship. Oh my goodness, if there's one thing I've learned from all of this introspection and all of this like, awareness and, and wanting to go further than face value mm-hmm. is, is pick it up from the very beginning in any interaction with anyone. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable with saying how that makes you feel all the time. Yeah, that's so and difficult, right? And don't worry about upsetting people because, hey, they're upsetting you anyway. So you yeah. may as well get it out and say to them, you know, when they say, like, how often do we first get involved in a relationship and it's all like, I want them to see the best of me and I want them to know, yeah. like, that I'm this genuinely caring, calm person. 
you can actually care more about someone by telling them that they've offended you. Yeah, especially inside the context of a Turn the lights on for them. You're trying yeah. to understand each other initially. Bingo. Help them from the, the start. Yeah. Say to them, you know, I know we're just getting to know each other. I know that I'm meant to like accept more things and then later on, you know, that's how it usually goes. But right now, what you just said, I don't agree with. I would say it's most important inside of a romantic relationship because if it is, it's not just a fling to you, right? It's something really important to you. They, they deserve, like you're doing them a disservice if you're hiding that part of yourself, you know? Especially for later on down the road when they've developed super deep feelings for you and then this like internal monster that you've been hiding and you've let it like, like a soda can, right? You've just let it shake and explode and now they're like, who are you? Like yeah. what the heck? Why didn't you tell me this six months ago, you know? I think it's really, really important from the get-go. That's easier said than done. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Right? <laughs> it's like, oh, we yeah. were just infatuated with each other, but here's the worst part of me. Like, but it's going to come out anyway. Yeah. It's going to come out anyway. Might as well get it out early. Yep. Absolutely. You may, like, and that's... Yeah, okay. You're not going to go straight into a relationship and be like, these are all my problems. Do you accept them? Because if you don't, like, get out of my life. No, that's not. That's never going to work. No, you can see so. that. Just but, like, <laughs> but what I think is really important is to, to, to want to see the other person's, Eckhart Tolle calls it, the pain body. Want to see mm, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to see somebody else's pain. Because it's going to be there. We all have it. Be okay with your own pain first so that you know how to communicate it to this person. And then find a way to be learning about their pain as well. And for that to be okay. Make a safe space for everybody to come into the relationship and for these things to be shed a light on. To have... Yeah to have the space where everybody gets to speak and be heard. And I'm not expecting when I go into a relationship that I'll be able to say all this stuff and that it won't be intimidating to someone else. Because I've experienced okay. some pretty intense stuff. That's, right? a good, that's a good note because I did want to ask, because we, we do have to get ready for work soon. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So ah. what's nice about this is that we can put this on pause and come back to it after work and pick yeah, it up, absolutely. which is really cool. Yeah. But I do want to say this. I, I, I think... Obviously, intimacy with self is really important, but how, how would you go about it if you really do care about somebody, you really do think that you're compatible and it could be a successful romantic relationship, how do you go about presenting that to the other person who isn't intimate with themselves and who knows themselves and is on that self-awareness journey? Because there's so many people who do start that, right? Or maybe they both start with the lack of awareness in, in oneself, and mm. then, right, one person does become, now they started this... Uh, self journey that is not mirroring their partner and then their partner's just kind of stuck in their mess and they're continuing to grow in self-awareness but now you just have like a like a a mismatch does that make I sense i get you yeah yeah it's like, sort of like some someone in the relationship whichever relationship it ends up being is is growing immensely yeah. and maybe at a really fast rate compared to the other person and they're seeing more and they're hearing more and they're becoming mm. more perceptive and they're doing a lot of work and then their partner or whoever it is just isn't in comparison and it seems incredibly frustrating because 
Well, I think the caveat is the self-awareness actually allows you to have more patience for that person, right? It does, right? It's like, oh, it's, our it's like, oh, I wish you would also grow, but also yeah, I can be patient. It's that annoying yeah. thing of not wanting to pressure the other person because you realize that that they have their own journey. Right. You know, they have like, their own process that they're going through. Well, growth, I mean, in essence, just it's, it is what it is. It can't be stretched. It can't be augmented, right? Like you can have growing pains but you can't strap somebody to a to a machine and stretch them out and make them taller right so it's the grow! same thing yeah grow! <laughs> it's the same thing with the heart right is like you can't you can't force somebody into growth no matter how much you try to shove down their throat of like self help or or um, or evaluation or hey this could be good or that could be good you can give them all the tools but they have to grow at their own pace and you can kind of help present enough to where it like just a light bulb starts to go on Right, but plant the seeds. Yeah, exactly. Plant the seeds, exactly. baby. And it's not like okay. So when you were just speaking, then I was like, ah, oh, it's just like it's it's similar to in my mind religion. And when people try to try to give, even though they know in their heart that all this information they have could really help this person, it's never going to work to force anything on someone. They have to come to it themselves. And so I think the best way that you can encourage someone else to get on the self-awareness journey or to, you know, to, to, to encourage growth is to just be it yourself and let them see how it's working for you. Mm. And if they choose to want to do something about it, like, yeah, you can, you can be supportive, accepting, um, be there, help them. Let them know that it's okay for them to be vulnerable with you if they should choose to want to know more about how you've done something yourself. Great. Harness that, that moment and, and really get into it with them if they're open to it. But I, I don't think it's a good idea really to like force your ideas on other people. I think you can encourage the conversation when the moment calls for it. Um, but I think it's also about that two-way respect as well, is, is in that conversation with that person is saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm picking up on new ideas, I'm learning things. It would mean a lot to me if I could share this with you as my person, you know, the, the person that I love sharing everything with. It would really mean a lot to me if I could, if I could talk to you about what's really exciting me right now. And, you know, you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to be on board with it. But, you know, for instance, like, I'm into everything. <laughs> I'm into everything all the time. My mind is going 100 miles an hour. I don't perceive for one second that my partner or the person I'm talking to is so interested in the chakras and the energy I would say, healing. Yeah. You know, I would like, say you're incredibly involved in so many different things. Like, and you're also, like... All right, so like when I first, when we first met up here in the Daintree and you were like um, listening to me talk about jujitsu and your eyes were like lighting up and you know nothing about jujitsu and you've never yeah. really been interested in it before. I'm but probably because, never going to be right. going and doing jujitsu. But right? because I was interested, you were interested and I think that's so beautiful and that's like not something that very many people have. That's it. Because it's so hard for me to sit and listen to somebody talk about, I don't know, like I, I love when people are passionate about it and it makes it so much easier to listen to them. But I am not at the level where I can get just as excited about, like, I don't know, collective Legos as the person telling me. I can get excited that they're excited, but there's no way I can be like, oh, 
collecting Legos is so amazing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, that's a, nobody's ever shared that. Do you know what it is, though? <laughs> it's a thirst for knowledge and learning as well. Wanting to know more. Being curious as like a perpetual state of mind and being. Because in that mode, in that state, it doesn't matter what anybody's talking about. It could be anything. It could be why the leaves on that tree are different to the leaves on that tree. But when, when you have this curiosity and, and, and you want to know something about everything and that you actually believe that everything that someone says is going to teach you something, you listen a bit more. You listen a bit more because you're no longer wanting to just make up your mind so quickly about someone and their interest and how it doesn't interest you at all and you like you close it off if you open up your mind and you realize that wait a minute this person's going to tell me something they're going to tell me something i've never heard even if they're talking about something that you've done a lot of research about that you think you have a good handle on mm. still listen anyway because they're going to say it in a different way or they're going to use different words. And suddenly, the thing that you think you know becomes completely new to you through the eyes of this person. But you have to be able to listen. I think when you can... I think to, to say it from the perspective of the person that's telling the story, right? It's like if I met a person like you, the, the intimacy that we, that we would share on a, on a friendship level, right? Just like just basic interaction with people. If I met somebody like you... And I, I, you know, I've experienced it with you. It's like when, when we met and you were so willing to hear and, and listen, but not just, actually, yeah, that's the difference, right? You weren't just hearing me, you were listening. You were actively listening, you were responding, you were really interested, you wanted to know more, you were asking questions that showed me that you were listening to everything I was saying and you were interested enough to continue to, to dig deeper. That opens up an avenue for intimacy than just like that casual kind of face value conversation, right? Like that opens it up so much better. You feel so much more comfortable with the person. You feel like though you haven't shown who you are, you feel like that if you did, you would be seen and accepted, right? Because you're being heard and accepted, right? And the more you reveal through what you say, what is going on inside of yourself, the more that you're revealing like who you are. And if somebody's listening actively and they're, they're drinking that in and they're, I don't know, just being present and holding space for that person, right? Mm -hmm. Then yeah, you, you just create a, a possibility to be extremely intimate in, in, inside of a friendship, right? So that being said, I do wanna kind of transition, like how does this affect inside of a romantic relationship, right? Like I think, I think the gist of these podcasts that we've had today kind of already says it, but I want to kind of make it concise so that people can have like a like a takeaway you know and I don't I don't quite want to wrap it up but I do want to transition from the intimacy with yourself and and uh, other people and just the general to specifically like the intimacy with your partner and how that intimacy also reflects sexually right like in the bedroom because I think that you can definitely like I wrote this down right so like your body can be ready before your heart Right, and you can totally go into the bedroom not intimate, right? You're intimate physically. Another definition for intimacy is sexual relation, but that doesn't mean that it holds the same definition as the first one, which is closeness, 
right? Because you can be physically close, but you can have a chasm between you spiritually and, and emotionally. Mm. Which unfortunately is probably the case for a lot of marriages and why divorce is so high. Mm. But that's because it also goes back to lack of intimacy and un openness with oneself and awareness, right? And so it's all just kind of come first of all, full circle back to that. Mm. Now I'm rambling. And you can't know what you don't know. It's that the right. whole thing as well. So getting curious about yourself and who you who you who you most likely to be. <laughs> I can't say knowing who you are because I, I honestly believe that that's you'll never know that. I don't think you'll ever know who you really are well, in the because you're always going to be deciding who you are <laughs> at every step of the way. It's like, oh yeah, and then this, and then like all these things that you investigate and interrogate yourself on that you then categorize or label is still not it. You know, like we call this a couch. But that's just a label, you know, like it's a couch because we give it the label of a couch. Well, it is a couch. <laughs> well, yeah, if you see it as a couch. Well, what else would you see it as? I, I don't think... know. We could, we could call it anything. But the, the think... fact is that if you just give it a label, then it can only just be that thing. And so if you're introspecting in that way with that mind frame, if you're going, oh, well, that... I've learned about myself in this aspect, so that's what I'm going to be for the rest of my life because I've already investigated it and mm. this is how it works for me and blah, blah, blah. No, be willing to change even the things that you've already interrogated. Go over them again. Change them up. I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah. I think the only thing we're differing in is language here because I think you can know who you are and I think it can change and you can also know who you are in that context, right? And then you change again. And I'm not saying you know who you are as like a whole because there's so many different aspects of ourselves that we haven't discovered, right? I mean, people, there's, there's people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s who are still discovering things about themselves. I think that you can know who you are and still have a constant molding and shaping and a change and then still know who you are. Yeah, I get you. I get yeah. you. We so are that's saying the same thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think we are saying the same thing. But just for clarity for those that are listening, because yeah. I think there's a lot of people out there who would, who would hear, you can never really, like, to quote, you, you never know really like who you are. And then they're like, just like, because they're at like that sensitive mental spot that just kind of sends them into a spiral. I want to be clear for those people that are listening. Yeah. Because if I heard that at a certain point in my life a couple of years ago, I would have been like, well, yeah, she's right. I'll never know. So what's the point of trying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why would I but, bother? Yeah. It was like, Screw uh, it all. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think like, yeah, for those that are listening that may have been in that position or are in that position, it's like, yes, you, it's okay to say, I know who I am. But you don't have to say, I know who I am and this is all I'll ever be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good, really yeah. good. It's good to make that clarification. I think in the not to, not By the way, not to devalue, I love what you said. And I, like I said, I think we're saying the same thing. But no, just, to, absolutely. just to give it, adds, it a little bit extra. It adds sauce. so much value. Salt bay. Yeah. Information. Give me that seasoning. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's nice to, to, to hear you confirm what I'm like trying to communicate because obviously I have a lot of passion about this and the words are all getting mixed up and I'm trying to say it and it's really it's such a relief that you can take what I'm saying and make it so beautifully summarized in that way so thank you because I yeah that's that's what I'm trying to say man that's what I'm trying to say <laughs> but I think once you 
um, apply all of this to getting into, say, into the bedroom. Let's just go there because that's part of intimacy, isn't it? And in intimate, loving relationship, loving, consensual mm. relationship, this is, this is the moment where all of that, if you want to say work, is so beautiful, is so meaningful, can be so powerful between, between the, the people that are sharing it. Because you just have so much more depth so much more awareness of the other person and yourself. And it's so much more comfortable to be expressing in that way. You know, I, I've, I've had the opportunity to, to express myself um, with a gentleman who, who really wanted to get to know me mm. and who provided for me that, that, that wonderful space to just be completely Jesse. Mm. And he was curious and had an appetite to, to get to know what made me tick and would ask me all these questions that no one's ever asked before. And some questions I didn't know I could ask of myself. And this built up obviously the trust and the, the vulnerability and mm. the respect and the, all this kind of, so by the time we got to the point of being in the bedroom together, it was so easy. And so I felt like I could just disappear into a world that I never knew that I could feel so completely lost in with this other guy, like this, this guy, you know? Yeah, that's beautiful. I think people want that experience. Whoa. Right? Yeah, that whoa experience. Whoa. And I think I've explained this to you. It's like, have you ever felt so connected to someone and so free and easy and trusting and so at ease that there's something else that becomes born between you you know everyone talks about uh that beautiful sense of oneness in oh, an intimate romantic yeah. relationship with a consensual intimate romantic relationship with someone where you become one and I think this is not only in the sexual experience, no, but, not at all. but you can be sensually intimate with someone every single day in every moment of the day. Yeah. It starts and continues and almost never ends. Yeah, I you think know, that's beautiful. Like that there's no end to it. I think there's something that I just kind of thought of that I haven't really thought of before, right? Mm -hmm. It's like that you were you were talking about that something grows between you right i think that intimacy inside the the bedroom coupled with vulnerability and trust mm. right so to to start right i think that i think that when you have sex you do in an aspect to become one with that person right like you're connecting your souls you're connecting your spirits right especially in a long-term loving consensual relationship when you were saying all of that, it kind of made me think like, oh yeah, it's like, all right, so when we're born, we're, we're, we're babies and then there's growth, right? It's like when you get married or when you find that long-term partner and you begin that journey of trust and vulnerability that you've never experienced before or that you haven't experienced at that level before, right? Mm -hmm. That's that new growth that you are becoming one, but it's, it's, in, its, it's, it's in its baby form. And over the years as that vulnerability and trust continues and there's 
there's more openings, right? Because you can you can go there's like a gate, right? It's like several gates to the garden of your heart. I've heard this used before, and I love it. It's like you can open all those gates and have that trust and vulnerability there, right? But there's still inner gates inside the garden that you can go into deeper, right? And so that kind of continues to grow. And as that relationship goes longer and longer, that trust and vulnerability that's been there from the beginning just gets stronger and stronger. And as that that couple that has become one, that oneness that you've created between you grows into maturity. Ideally. 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 Ideally, yeah. I mean, there's no perfect blueprint that you can just say, you know, like A plus B equals C. If you do this and you do that, happy days. Yeah, girl. You can't do that. Like, it's... I get you. This is life. Yeah. It's just a fine-tuning and 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 a commitment a choice an intention whatever you want to call it a willingness to, 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 to for, just try yeah. it out to find out yeah be curious be vulnerable get get really intimate with yourself to know your own boundaries as well yeah that's another way to love someone you know before because I, I think I'll, I'll forget this if I don't say it so do you mind Perfect. if I I hate, yeah, I hate cutting you off get it out I know it's like I can feel it's like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, right here isn't it it's yeah because like, it's like I gotta it's say like this something, something that we haven't hit but I, th- I think is extremely extremely important for intimacy with your partner and intimacy with yourself is forgiveness but like forgiveness unto death right it's like and I'm saying this in the context of like in my mind because I think I think there is a blueprint, but I don't think that it's like a step-by-step blueprint. I think the blueprint is God and how he's chosen to to show himself and reveal himself to us and how he's cho- chosen to love us. It's like, yeah, he did love us unto death, right? And he forgives us. And there's like, there's prophets in the Old Testament that talk about how God loves us. And one of those is, one of those prophets is, uh, one of the prophets had to marry a prostitute and she kept going back to that work and she kept going back to that man and he would constantly go back and stay married to her. Because in... In the context of the Old Testament, if there was adultery, then you could set, you could get a certificate of divorce, and that was okay, and that was the only reason divorce was okay. In, the, in that context, right? And so it's like the imagery that God wanted to show is like, hey, this is Israel. Israel is the prostitute, and, that, and that, that's like um, God constantly going back to Israel and forgiving and pulling them out of the the quote muck and mire right of that lifestyle. And making it into something beautiful, making it into a bride. And I think that is the, I think nowadays people would never experience that. And usually if they do, it ends in divorce, right? But that level of forgiveness unto death where it just like, it kills you. But you've made the commitment, stay committed, love that person. And inside of yourself, like if you find something that you don't like or something that just like disgusts you or something that has something that drives you from yourself because it's too hard to deal with you need to be able and willing to forgive yourself and grow from that and then inside of that also with your partner if they do something that you you thought was never possible that really hurt you you need to be able to forgive them and that's the hardest thing right because you're the one that was wronged and it's so easy to just say yeah i it's, it's easy to take a step back, look at the situation and say, in every way, I was wronged and there's nothing wrong that I've done, right? But then you still need to be able to forgive and grow. And I think that kind of adds to that intimacy because you are one. And if you can forgive yourself and you can forgive that person, that's going to grow you together. 
right? But if you can't, if you already struggle to forgive yourself, how are you going to be able to forgive your partner, right? Because that's that's the person that's going to know you on a level that like, and I think a lot of people would disagree with this, especially in today's society, right? Because it's like, oh, if somebody wronged you, you can go find somebody that makes you happy or happier or somebody that's not going to hurt you in this way. And I think not to say that this applies to other I think if you're the situation that comes to mind that people might misconstrue is like if you're in a domestic violence situation, like, like get out of there. Like there's no way that you should stay in there, especially if it's getting extremely violent hospitalizations involved and all this different things, right? It's like, that's not what I'm saying at all. Not unto that death. <laughs> that's like, get out of there. But I'm saying like death to self, right? And I think that's important for intimacy and closeness is death to self. It's like letting your desires go and, and honoring that person and, and lifting that person above yourself. And inside of that context, they should be doing the same to you because mm. it is sacrifice. And I think the most successful marriages happen because they go through those things, you know, because if you can't forgive and you can't, I don't know. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't lay your life down for your spouse and you can't lay your life down for your partner and not just in death, but like actually like changing your life plans and everything like that. Cause that in itself is a death. Like you're changing your desires to then grow something and share desires with another person. Mm. Does that make sense? I feel what's really important in forgiving yourself also is maintaining your individuality within the intimate relationship and knowing knowing to what point you will know whether you're respecting yourself or not, mm. right? So it's, for me, it's really important to know what I expect from myself and what I expect from anyone else mm. in my life and constantly evaluate, is this, is this acceptable? Is this, is this reasonable to expect from myself and others? And then I think I have sort of like a benchmark or some kind of range to filter and, and assess, you know, okay, I need to forgive myself here or okay, I need to forgive my partner here. Mm. You know, I think it's about knowing the own, your own standards mm. of what you will and will not accept in a relationship. Be willing to bend mm. and, you know, move around a bit and reassess always. But I think definitely what you're saying is you, you have to, well, it would be helpful to cultivate um, a habit of forgiveness within yourself to know that you're not going to always have the answers to know that you're going to let yourself down let the other person down people are going to let you down in whatever context that should appear to you as being let down or whatever but absolutely you have to have this idea of, of forgiveness as well as vulnerability as well as the strength to stand up and say this isn't right by me I think that's so important to maintain your own individuality. You know, my parents yeah. were talking about this the other day. They were saying, we, we've always been able to talk about things, but we've always respected the other person as an individual, yeah. even after 40 years of marriage. When we take each other for granted, Bum was saying, you know, we, we do this. We, it's so often the way to just think you know the other person so so well after such a long time that you can predict everything 
main, she said it's hard to maintain this otherness of the person that you think you know as as you know yourself. Yeah. Try to see them as as different always, as as a man and a woman, as you know somebody who's going through a different age in their life, different hormonal change in their life, because men go through that as well. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, as 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 becoming from being being a, a working woman to a mother to to discovering new hobbies and new friendships and new interests and things to, to just always be a little bit curious as to that person being someone that you don't absolutely know and will never know. I think that's also really important. Respect the individuality of somebody no matter how much you think you've, you've worked them out because that's so beautiful. You can yeah. still find something that's mysterious, something to learn. Never stop listening. Keep listening for new things that they're telling you that, that you think you've heard before, but actually it might be something different this time, even though you've been with them for decades. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. Well, I think... We're going to have to leave it I know, I know. Otherwise, <laughs> we're going to go on and then this thing is going to tell me to stop again and then we'll yeah. have a part three. But why not, you know? Like, we can definitely have more podcasts. Yeah. Well, everyone, I hope that you... Um, I hope that when you've listened to these last couple episodes with Jessie May that you've um, gotten something from it. Um, she's, she's an incredible person. She's got such an incredible view. And I think that many people can just learn from her experience. And, uh, and yeah, I encourage you, like, if you are listening to this podcast and at any point you're thinking, like, oh, like... Yeah, I, I do need more self-awareness and I need to grow. Then I, I, I encourage you to just like take those steps to walk down that path and, and be willing to self-evaluate in a healthy way and, and to make those changes. And uh, if you're in a relationship, then I hope that you can grow in intimacy and uh, grow with one another. And uh, yeah. And if you're that person that is already really self-aware and your partner isn't, then just, yeah, continue to just... Uh, continue to have that patience for them um but yeah i think i think this has been a really really incredible podcast and i've learned so much and it's been so good to just like put it into words and obviously like we don't have all the answers so don't think that we're trying to give you any answers or that that we think we're right we're we're also growing we're also doing the best that we can to just be the best version of ourselves and uh and yeah and continue to grow that's why we do this so we can continue to learn and grow and uh yeah i hope that you can do the same thank you for listening